Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. This is the Flockcast Network. Of course, this is your host speaking, Justin Ruff, the owner of LeBron Kings. Uh, thank you for uh, returning. Uh, it's been a few days, actually, uh, almost a week. It's been a long time coming. Uh, has been a uh, busy couple of days, and I do apologize that I haven't been able to make it on uh, to our normal days. Of course, Monday. Um, of course, if anyone doesn't know, I am a father, so uh, we had our very first uh, preschool field trip today or Monday, and uh, we went to the apple orchard. So I was un- unable to get on that, uh, Monday, and then yesterday, of course. Uh, human number two ended up being sick, so she had to stay home, so I was unable to get on as well yesterday. But today, I am clear. I am ready to go. We have a lot of things to uh, go over today. Um, of course, the waiver wire day was today, and we'll go over those pickups, and uh, we'll just go through uh, a little bit of last week's matchup. I'm sure a majority of you already know who won, but we'll go over uh, those key games um, and those key players who went off and who did work and who pooped the bed and who won those matchups. Also, there was a trade made uh, last night uh, involving myself, and we'll go over that and possibly a trade grade. Um, and of course, today is Wednesday, so it's Commissioner's Corner today. Uh, so Scott. Uh, has a 30-minute uh, segment today uh, right after me. So uh, you're going to hear my beautiful voice today, and then you're going to hear Scott's crappy voice right after me. So I'm sorry for that, but that's just how it is. And uh, and then tomorrow is TC Thursday, so we'll go over tomorrow, possibly more about the grade, uh, I mean, of the trade being made yesterday, and uh, go over our matchups, uh, our matchup predictions uh, there tomorrow because Thursday is, of course, uh, uh, a matchup going on with the Packers and the Eagles. Um, And we'll go over more of that tomorrow with TC. Um, So, yeah, uh, just a quick, like I mentioned, a quick uh, review of who won the matchups. Usually, normally, on Monday, I go through, uh, you know, all the games and the stats of those games. uh, um, I'm trying to... Uh, go through as much as I can as possible, you know, within a a time frame. So uh, just go over the matchups of last week. And so, you know, of course, if you guys don't know, uh, my team, uh, again, uh, pooped the bed uh, against uh, Marcus Terry. And of course, I, you know, I kind of counted that matchup to be a W. Um, Of course, that's that's my fault. Shouldn't have done that. Of course, it's, it's all on me. But um, and I, so week three was a, another a loss for my squad. Of course, now I'm 0-3. I went up against Marcus Terry, who is now 2-1. And, and the score ended up being 192.9 to my big whopping 130.4. Now, of course, I mentioned earlier, uh, you got to think of the positives. 
Um, you got you know, when it comes to my matchups or my my weeks, there's not a lot of good things coming from week to week. But uh, if you look at my positives, uh, my scoring is getting higher each week. I mean, that's a positive. Week one, I had 122.2. Week two, I had 124.7, and of course, week three, I had 130.4. So it's getting, you know, it, it's slowly um, getting better, getting higher. So of course, that's a positive. Um, it's not a big positive because it's still 130 points, but uh, uh, I'll take what I can get, especially with my uh, my weak team. Uh, Marcus, uh, his team went off. Of course, I, I bashed uh, uh, Joe Mixon. Uh, Joe Mixon's history, I mean, the last two weeks, and listen to this, uh, week one, he scored 2.7 points, uh, carrying eight six times for 10 yards. Week two, he carried it 11 times for 17 yards with 4.2 fantasy points. And, of course, week three, uh, he found out, uh, Marcus owned him, and he was going up against myself, so he ran the ball 15 times for 61 yards and uh, received a uh, receiving touchdown. And so he, you know, he scored 16.5 points. Um, again, uh, Diggs pooped the bed for him, but uh, he did have Ken Allen, who went off with 13 catches, 183 yards, and two touchdowns, uh, giving him giving Marcus 37 point one fantasy points and of course you know what's funny uh Marcus had D Williams uh for the Kansas City Chiefs he went down so he had to replace somebody for him uh Marcus ended up putting James White replacing him in the flex spot and then of course uh Sunday morning James White was announced that he was unable to uh play so of course Marcus had to do his third uh backup and that was in Marvin Jones. And, of course, <laughs> Marvin Jones goes up. I, ex- I expected nothing less. Um, he, he caught the ball six times over 100 yards and touchdown, giving Marcus 19.1 fantasy points in his flex spot. So, of course, Marvin Mack went crazy, 15 fantasy points. And, uh, you know, Marcus still getting good, very product- good production from his quarterback spot. And, of course, Philip Lindsay going off. Carried it 21 times for 81 yards, two touchdowns. Kind of in a similar situation, Joe Mixon. Uh, uh, Lindsey hasn't scored over 10 fantasy points the last two weeks, but of course, uh, Lindsey found out he was going up against me. And I'm very high on Lindsey, but uh, I think he was mad at me that I didn't pick him up. Uh, you know, I picked Montgomery over Lindsey in the draft, and uh, he wanted to punish me. So and he did he did very well punishing me, giving Marcus twenty seven points uh, on his quarterback slot or his running back slot. So uh, you know I, you know it's very hard. Of course, Marcus didn't score the most points. Uh, he was second with one hundred ninety two point nine, but Marcus did very well. Uh, good for him. Um, so we'll see what you know the future leads for Marcus if those guys can keep. Giving him those numbers, I doubt it, but we'll see. Good luck to Marcus. Um, and of course, on my end, I was very, you know, I was very proud of uh, Percet and what he did uh, there for the Colts. David Johnson gave me 15 points. Of, cor- of course, Gurley uh, giving me 4.3. That's unacceptable. I gave him a call and told him that um, we're not accepting that kind of performance there. It's not very good, you know, if you're if you're a Todd Gurley owner. Um, you know, you're not very happy at this time, at this point, of course, when, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., 8.6 fantasy points, that's not good either, 
And then, uh, um, you know, I think you gave me 8.6 fantasy points. You need 10. At least, you know, coming from one of your keepers, you need at least 10 fantasy points. And he gave me 8. And, of course, you know, going back to Hopkins, he, he gave me under 10 points as well. So it's, it's very disappointing when you see your, uh, your keepers performing uh, in a poop level. It's not very good. Um, uh, Brandon Cooks looked good, but you know, six, 16 fantasy points. Andrews, I was, I was bragging about him before uh, week three. And, of course, he, he gave me three fantasy points. And a Brown, I gave him a shot. Started him in my flex position. Of course, he didn't get as targeted as many targets as he normally and receptions as he normally would get. Um, and Dave Montgomery's Dave Montgomery. I mean, it was a frustrating week, but of course, um, uh, I have to take one week at a time. I scored more than I did last week, so hopefully, next week is a little bit higher. And each team that's went up against me has just went nuts. So, and that's the same situation with uh, uh, Jake McKinley. Uh, Jake McKinley also suffered his third loss in a row. He was going up against Quentin Blount. Uh, Quentin Blount scored the most fantasy points this week, or last week, um, week three. He put up 203 fantasy points. Mark uh, Jacob put up, you know, a, a respectful 152.8, but. Not good enough for the high-flying Hawaiians who lost to the Blount Force. Uh, Jake McKinley, you know, he he's kind of in the same situation as me. His his keeper was James Conner, giving him 5.7. Uh, Josh Jacobs, who is his first-round draft pick, only giving him 4.4. Uh, those two running backs, he definitely needs more than 10 points. I mean, it's unacceptable when you get, you know, two very good running backs who only give you, uh, what is it? about 10 points combined um, with those two running back slots. Uh, Julio Jones did well for him. Uh, Robert Woods did not. 7.3 fantasy points. Freeman's getting better. Uh, I'm sure Jacob's a little bit disappointed in Kittle at this time. Um, he's not having a performance. And, you know, that's three weeks in a row, him not scoring over 10 points. Uh, so I'm sure Jacob is very pissed at his tight end. Uh, Freeman's getting a little bit better. Uh, Frank Gore, you know, I mentioned earlier last week that someone was probably going to scoop up Frank Gore and rely on the old veteran, and someone did, and that was Jacob McKinley, who wasn't, you know, it wasn't disappointing for Jacob. He put up uh, 15.9 fantasy points, uh, you know, and he got a touchdown, 14 carries. So, I mean, that's, he did what, uh, J- uh, Gore did what Jacob expected. Uh, he didn't hurt Jacob in his flex spot, but his other key running backs did. And, uh, you know, it's not good for Jacob's team going 0-3 for the first time in his career and his franchise. Uh, Quentin Blount went crazy again. Um, I mean, he went nuts. Uh, really, because of Mike Evans scoring 41 points, uh, Amari Cooper, his, his wide receivers did very well. Uh, very well uh, performance for his wide receivers. Uh, Cooper scoring two touchdowns, 23 fantasy points. Elderman scoring a touchdown as well, 15 fantasy points, 15.7. And, of course, Tyler Lockett going nuts, catching the ball 11 times for 154 yards, 26.9 fantasy points. Didn't get any uh, production out of Calvin Ridley, but when you get uh, three or four wide receivers just going absolutely bananas, um, you know, especially his, his two running backs scoring over 10 points, that helps. I mean, so, of course, 
Blount had another performance. He did very, very well. Uh, scored, outscored everybody in the league last week. Um, of course, Ertz hasn't performed the way that Q's probably wanting. That's uh, two weeks out of three that he hasn't scored over 10. Uh, last week, he scored 13.2. So, But like I said, when you got you know multiple guys doing work for you, you know, your tight end spot scoring 8.4 fantasy points, that's pretty decent. So you'll take that. Um, so the next matchup, of course, is uh, Connor Limbach taking his first loss of the season against the Magic School Bus. Uh, Connor Limbach putting up 159.1 fantasy points, losing to Keegan Scott's team, 183.3. Connor Limbach uh, suffered a big blow. And, of course, we mentioned this a lot going into the season. If Connor Limbach loses one of those three-headed monsters when his his running back core, he's in some deep poo-poo. And, of course, uh, uh, if you haven't, been aware uh Sequan Barkley didn't end up getting hurt he's out for four to eight weeks uh for an injury there high ankle sprain uh he only ran the ball eight times for 10 yards giving only Connor 5.7 fantasy points so Connor Limbach's going to be suffering here for multiple weeks unless you know multiple guys can step up um so you know this 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 could be good I mean of course it's good for other owners in the league um, so Connor Limbach's, you know, I don't know what he's going to be doing. He's going to be moving Chubb possibly up to his running back, uh, selection there. And hopefully, you know, hopefully he can rely more on, uh, Watkins and McLaurin. And he's going to fill in that other, uh, spot, uh, for, you know, his flex position. Uh, but yeah, Elliott scoring 14.9. I knew uh, Connor was very frustrated going up against the Dolphins. Uh, and, you know, putting up 125 yards, 19 carries, but didn't get a touchdown. And he really wanted that touchdown. And Tolly Pollard, you know, he gave, you know, he put up some touchdowns, but Elliott did not. And I'm sure uh, Connor Limbeck was not very happy about that. Uh, Fitzgerald's still doing work. Right now, McLaurin, and that McLaurin Cup trade is not looking too bad. Uh, Cup's still, of course, outscoring McLaurin. Uh, but... It's not, you know, it's not anything to lose sleep over. Uh, I still think it was a silly trade, but Cup, of course, is the better player. But McLaurin's putting up numbers. He's putting up touchdowns, six uh, catches for 70 yards, and a touchdown for uh, Connor Lindback. So it's good. Uh, Connor's probably going to have to figure out what he needs to do in his tight end situation. Uh, the rookie only catching the ball one time, giving him a 0.6 fantasy points. That's not going to cut it. Not going to cut at all, especially uh, losing Barkley. He needs uh, points coming from that tight end slot. So, you know, lots of uh, studying that Connor needs to be doing today. See what he needs to do. Uh, right now, he's 2-1. and one. He's sitting pretty. But, like I mentioned, losing Barkley, uh, he could have, you know, put some more L's, you know, in that right, that right spot. Uh, so, you know, we'll be interested to see what Connor's team does, looks. Uh, and of course, Keegan Scott going nuts. Uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, still doing what he's doing. Uh, Adam Thielen getting two total touchdowns, one of them being a rushing touchdown. 
only catching the ball three times, but, you know, when you get a receiving touchdown, I mean, uh, a rushing touchdown, too, for you wide receiver, that's pretty good. We'll take it. Uh, giving Keegan 19.1 fantasy points. As of right now, Keegan uh, does not have Adam Thielen in his lineup. And then, he, well, actually, I think he moved him back in his lineup, so he's trying to decide what to do, uh, him going up against the Bears, I think. Um, so, you know, we'll see what uh, Keegan ends up doing there. Uh didn't put, you know, didn't get much points for uh, Adams or God uh, Godwin, but when, you know, of course you have your tight end going off with two touchdowns and Greg Olson putting up 22.5 fantasy points. Um, that's very good defense, providing good numbers for him. So a good overall week for Keegan. Um, you know, his two running backs doing very well. Uh, Aaron Jones putting up two touchdowns, only 19 yards, 10 carries. But I mean, he's a goal line guy, and we all knew that they were gonna, they're going to feed the monster in the goal line, uh, the red zone. So uh, uh, Aaron Jones did you know did put up his numbers there. So of course, like I mentioned, King and Scott pulled out a W there. The next matchup was uh, the Savage Pat's Kids versus the Juju's in the Attic. The final score here was 100 uh, TC 173.7 against Juju's in the Attic and 168.5. This was the closest matchup out of all the matchups we had this week or last week. Uh, uh, Scott, well, I can't remember who he was uh, relying on. Uh, actually, I think it was uh, TC who had to put up some numbers, but uh, he did he did pretty well. Uh, of course, that we you know we we were expecting TC's two-headed monsters in his uh, running back core. They were going to put up numbers, more numbers than they did last week, and of course that's what happened. Um, Camara thirty-two point six. Kamara, who, whatever it is. And then McCaffrey putting 26.3. Both of them putting over, uh, you know, given uh, TC three touchdowns total. Uh, they're very well there. And when you got those those two guys going nuts, I mean, it's tough to beat TC. Um, he's, you know, of course, TC is going through a quarterback spell. He, he He's a... Not liking the Mayfield situation, Cleveland. Of course, we'll go over what uh, TC did uh, to fix that quarterback spot here shortly. Um, uh, T.Y. Hilton did pretty well. Eight carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown. He did leave the game early, uh, you know, for I think it was an injury for uh, T.Y., and he's questionable now for week four. Uh, but we'll see what you know what Ty does there. Uh, nothing from John Ross, but Evan Ingram did very well when you get 20 points from your tight end. Uh, that's very you know that you know takes away some um, some spots there for uh, you know some empty spots for TC uh, Michelle. You know it's it's interesting to see it's going to be seeing what uh, Sonny Michelle does. You know only carrying the ball nine times for 11 yards, but he is a uh, he's a goal line guy, so we'll go over more with Sonny Michelle here shortly. And uh, Chris Carson had another disappointing performance, going nuts week one, and then last week only putting up eight fantasy points. This week only putting up three point six. So TC, I'm guarantee TC is very disappointed. Running the ball still 15 times, and uh, the very first time, the very first week, he caught the ball. He was looked at more in the receiving game. He did. He had a receiving touchdown. So, you know, th- right now they're not really looking at him as much. TC's probably, you know, scratching his head on that. 
you know, you know what to do with Chris Carson at this time. Uh, Josh Gordon put up some points on TC's bench and alongside with uh, DJ Moore too. Um, you know, with with Scott Benzing, uh, Bell only putting up 8.3 fantasy points. That's that's you know not what Scott's looking for. And of course, uh, with uh, Austin Eckler. Running the ball nine times for 36 yards. They give him eight, I mean 11.6 fantasy points, but that's a disappointment, disappointing performance for Eckler. Uh, you know, the first two weeks putting up 56.7 fantasy points combined. Um, only putting up 11.6. I'm sure uh, Scott Ben's a little disappointed. I'll take it, but, you know, my team sucks. Uh, Cooper Cup going nuts, catching the ball 11 times, 102 yards for two touchdowns. 27.7 fantasy points there. And also a guy going nutty is a Mark Ingram. A great pickup for Scott looking right now. Uh, I think he picked him up in the second round, maybe third. But Mark Ingram looking fantastic. Uh, 33.5 fantasy points. Getting three touchdowns over 100 yards. Very good uh, performance there from Mark Ingram. I mean, he's, he's just a beast. And, and the red zone's unstoppable to stop him. Um, impossible to stop him. So, uh uh, good flex spot there for Mark for uh, T. Gosh dang it for Scott. Um, but yeah, I mean you know, he did end up, <laughs> of course, end up starting uh, Sanders there, and of course I bet he's knocking himself in the head for it. Which we had to with Sanders last week putting up a great performance. This week only putting up two fantasy points. Um, so. Well, it'd be interesting to see what he does there, Scott. I mean, when you got uh, DJ Chark uh, putting up 15 points, and then, of course, you got uh, uh, Curtis Samuel putting up solid, uh, consistent uh, numbers back-to-back weeks over over 10 points. So, uh be interesting to see what Scott does there. Um, so, yeah, that those are our matchups, uh, those, uh, those games there. Um, the only everyone else, I mean, so myself and Jacob McKinley still uh, we haven't won a game yet. We're sitting zero and three. Everybody else is sitting uh, two and one. So it's pretty even there, uh, of course. Uh, and then myself and Jacob McKinley are winless. But of course, you know, digging into last year, the two clear-cut losers were Scott Benzing and Marcus Terry. They, you know, the. The two by far the 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 teams that sucked, but of course none of those guys ended up winning. You know, even making it to the toilet bowl. So you know, you know of course, looking at a positive note for Jake and I, um, it's still we got nine weeks of fantasy still in the regular season. So you know, who knows? Of course, uh, me and Jacob could go when we win the next nine games and go nine and three. Of course, it probably won't going to happen, especially on my team, but. Um, be interesting to see going on and see what we'll see what happens. Oh yeah, so that was uh, week three. Week three is now completed. Uh, going to uh, week four, and of course, T- uh, Scott Benzine is gonna, uh, you know, his normal. I haven't had time to uh, listen to his uh, podcast today, his segment, but I'm sure he's gonna go over his predictions at the end of his segment and see who he thinks is gonna win. And me and TC will go over more about our predictions next week. I'm currently going up against TC, um, Savage Pats Kids versus LeBron Kings. High Flying Hawaiians going up against the Coon Squad. 
and the Blount Force going up against the Magic School Bus and the Juju's in the Attic going up against the Terry Terry's Terrorists. So, uh, good matchups uh, for Week Four. Uh, there is uh, some buys. There the the New York Jets are in a buy, so that's that has effect in. Uh, uh, Livion Bell, especially uh, who, who that's who comes to mind, and of course Scott Benzing uh, is going to, has a buy in Bell. So adjustments being made uh, for some multiple teams, and uh, and of course I mentioned there was a trade being made um, uh, last night, late last night. Of course uh, TC came up to me wanting a trade. And he, you know, I'll I'll read you the trade. Uh, uh, TC receives uh, Daniel Jones, Brandon Cooks, and McCoy Hardman. And I ended up receiving Sony Michelle and T.Y. Hilton. Uh, We communicated for a while, possibly maybe a day or so. um, You know, just, you know, what? Because he came up to me saying that he's interested. And right after seeing Daniel Jones' performance... Uh, he, he, he loved him. He fell in love as soon as he saw him. So, and of course him having Evan Ingram is tied in slot. I'm sure it has something to do with it. And, uh, he, he wanted Daniel Jones. He wanted him to bat. Um, and of course I, I, I think I needed a, a quarterback as well. That's why it was hard to get rid of Daniel Jones, but I also needed some more weapons. I needed some more guys to give me uh, solid numbers uh, Brandon Cooks, I had to get rid of, but I received T.Y. Hilton, who I like uh, more than Brandon Cooks, and I received Sony Michelle. And when Sony Michelle, yeah, he's not doing as as good as people are were expecting. Uh, that's you know one of the reasons why T.C. did not keep Sony Michelle is because of that the the back the crowded backfield in New England uh, with uh, Rex Burkhead and uh, uh, James White. Uh, James White did not play last week and still saw uh, limited touches for uh, Sony Michelle. He did put up a touchdown, but I mean, he's like I mentioned earlier, he's a red zone guy. I mean, he's a guy who you know you you give give him to him for you know if you want a touchdown him, and that's a good reason why I wanted Sony Michelle. I wanted a guy who another running back who who could give me some touchdowns, give me some points. So I don't see why I love T. Y. Uh, you know, of course, I watch Colts constantly. So having that preset Ty connection there, um, you know, every time I watch them, and, and you know, preset giving it to Ty, I'm gonna get more excited now. Uh, so Ty was definitely a guy who I wanted right off the bat. Uh, so yeah, I, I get. I also I threw in McCoy Hardman there, which I was kind of like hesitant on because of the you know because. Having a wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs is very, it's very good. Um, so, but you know, with Tariq Hill possibly coming back here in the near future, uh, his numbers, his targets could be uh, going down a little bit. So, I mean, I had to tell that, you know, rip, whisper that in my ear. I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, so, we'll see how that trade goes. I think uh, as of right now. I think I won that trade because of, you know, still a question mark. We have to see more of the Danny Dimes situation and McCoy Hardman and Brandon Cooks. But uh, I think barely, I think it's a pretty even trade, to be honest with you. Uh, I think TC might end up 
end up winning in, you know, in the future in that trade because uh, I think Danny, you know, he's a dime. <laughs> he's he, he's going to be, he looked good week one. He's looked good in the preseason. So we will see what, what it is uh, looking like for TC. Um, I'm sure he, uh, he thinks, I think as well that he filled in that, that quarterback uh, empty spot there. Um, so I'm sure he's going to be uh, putting him in his, his uh, trade. I mean, hit in his starting lineup. Also TC was, he was wanting another uh, wide receiver. Um, you know, going next to uh, Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks definitely fits that uh, description. Uh, very good wide receiver two option there. So I think it's you know it helps us both. Uh, Ty is a great wide receiver three in my in my case. So it helps us both, and I think it was a good trade. Um, so yeah, and then real quick, uh, what am I looking at? Twenty eight minutes, not too bad. Um, going over the waiver wire pickups. Uh, of course, not as crazy as week one um, and last week. Uh, pretty similar to last week. But uh, uh, Marcus Terry had the very first waiver wire pickup. And, of course, in multiple leagues, this guy was available and he was picked up number one um, right after Sequan Barkley going down. Uh, Wayne uh, Gailman. I don't know if I said that right. Gailman, Gallman, uh, his, uh, his value went up. For sure. So, of course, Marcus Terry ended up dropping Dante Moncrief about freaking time, dropping him, picking up uh, the the running back, uh, now running back one for the New York Giants. So, good pickup there for Marcus. Be interested to see if he uh, puts him in there in his lineup right off the bat. Uh, here in this, the next waiver wire pickup, next in the order was uh, Quentin Blount, and with Quentin Blount, kind of, you know, to be honest with you, kind of scratching my head just a little bit, uh, he picked up Daryl Williams, you know, from uh, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, of course, they, you know, Damian Williams possibly coming back, and of course, they have Sean McCoy, and the other rookie, so, you know, I don't know what Quentin, you know, he probably, of course, you know, he's doing his research. He's, he's, you know, reading deep into what he needs, what he needs to do. So I'm sure he saw some good things for uh, Daryl Williams here, but he ended up dropping Carlos Hyde for uh, Daryl Williams. Um, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I'm sure he, I think personally, I think he uh, wasted a waiver wire pickup there. I don't think anybody had him targeted, but you know, I don't know for sure. Um, but we'll see if that uh, pans out to be a good move for uh, Q. Uh, I think he's gonna—he's not gonna put up anything that he was expecting this week. So he's probably gonna end up dropping them after this week or in the next two weeks. I'm sure he's gonna be dropping them. So, like I said, I think that was a wasted uh, pickup for Q. Uh, sorry, Q. Uh, you can shoot me a text saying I'm stupid after this episode. Uh, my the very next order, the next pickup waiver wire pickup was myself. I ended up dropping Chris Conley, which, you know, it's very frustrating. Um, I I think it was maybe a week or two ago. I had a choice to pick Chris Conley or DJ Chark. And it was those two were both available in the waiver wire pickups. This was bright early in the morning. You know, I was right there trying to decide. And of course, I picked up uh, Chris Conley uh, and ended up being a silly move on my part. But we'll see what DJ Chark, if he continues to put up those numbers. Um, 
but now of course he's not available. Uh, but I end up dropping him for MVS, um, who who of course every you know every every analyst is saying pick him up. Um, I'm still a little hesitant, you know, about starting him. Last two weeks he put up 7.2 and then 3.4 fantasy points. Of course, last week he put up a touchdown finally with six tet. Six catches for 99 yards, 18.9 fantasy points. So we'll probably have to see another week, see if he puts up those constant numbers. But we'll see what he does. Um, uh, the Coon Squad ended up pick, using his waiver wire pickup on Rex Burkhead, dropping the rookie AJ Brown, and then those were all, the only uh, waiver wire pickups. Just four there. Uh, of course, I woke up right and early, picked up the uh, Seahawks defense. Dropped the Cowboys defense. TC ended up dropping James Washington. He liked what he saw in the Tony Pollard. Uh, hopefully, knocking on wood, of course, if Elliott gets, <laughs> ends up getting hurt. Um, that's two of the headed monsters in uh, Connor Lindback's uh, running back core who fall, you know, who's, you know, have fallen down. So I'm definitely hoping uh, that will happen. And TC's hoping as well after picking up Tony Pollard. TC made back-to-back moves. He dropped uh, T DD Westbrook, picked up Jamal Williams. So he and he went uh, handcuff uh, shopping bright and early for TC, uh, picking up the backup running back from Green Bay. There, um, I, you know, I also did more research. I you know I, I ended up saying goodbye to Eric Ebron. I don't think he's going to be getting picked up by anybody. Um, so I think he's still going to be ve- being available. If he's not, then oh well. I picked up Will Desley. Uh, he, pu- you know, he's been putting up back-to-back weeks uh, over ten points. So that's what we're expecting in a tight end. Might have to have him chill for another week on the bench, but we'll see. Jake McKinley woke up uh, about an hour later, uh, 4:30 in the morning. Uh, added the Ravens defense. Also added uh, Zane Gonzalez, uh, the kicker there. Uh, Keegan Scott also made a move. Made a move an hour later, uh, picked up uh, Matt Prater, uh, dropping Robbie Gould, and the uh, kicker option there. Also back to back, he made three moves, added the Colts defense, which is interesting. I I thought that was interesting, uh, going up against uh, uh, Oakland. So I'm I'm expecting that he's thinking that. You know they're you know going to play tight defense on their card and maybe pick up some you know some sacks or some interceptions there. So trusting in the Colts defense this week. Also he uh, <laughs> no no shocker here. He picked up another tight end. He dropped Darwin Thompson. Gave up on the rookie and he picked up yes another tight end who is suspended. If I might add, uh, Chris. Herdon, uh, the tight end for the Jets. Um, so yeah, well, you know, we'll see if that he's like I said, he is shopping for a tight end. So uh, and he's he's you know picking up suspended tight ends now. So he's in desperate mode now when it comes to tight end spot. Uh, so good luck, Keegan. I hope you find what you're looking for in a tight end next week. We'll find out who you picked up next. Uh, so in the next very last spot. Uh, was uh, was Scott Benzing picking up the Vikings defense? So those were the waiver wire pickups. Uh, uh, not you know nothing crazy. 
Uh, but you know, pretty interesting to see what pans out. Uh, so yeah, that you know the waiver wire pickups. You know, last week the matchups, and uh, of course tomorrow we will be back. I will be back with uh, TC, and uh, we'll go over our predictions there for next week. Go over more of our trade and our decision making there in the process. Uh, of course, yes, uh, uh, it is Commissioner uh, Corner Day. So right after I get done, you're going to hear uh, Scott's beautiful voice. Uh, So, hey, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, You have a great Wednesday afternoon, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll come back on tomorrow, and you'll hear me again tomorrow. So thank you so much, guys. Take care. Hello and welcome to the Commissioner's Corner. I'm your flog commissioner, Scott Benzing, and week three of the NFL season is in the books, and what a week it was. Let's get into some NFL topics to start off the show. One of the biggest topics, not just this past week, but for the past month, it seems like, is Antonio Brown. He was released from the Patriots, uh, some of the issues stemming from those sexual assault allegations. He had actually included his lawyer and the woman who was accusing him in the Sports Illustrated article that had came out as the second accuser and a couple of his buddies. And basically it said, hey, why don't you look up dirt on this lady? Um, look into her social media. She has some kids. See if you can find any dirt on her and was dumb enough to include his lawyer and the woman that he wanted his friends to look up dirt on. And she basically took it to her lawyer and they said, Hey, can you get this guy to stop harassing her? And the Patriots are like, you know what? This is too much for us. Obviously we can't get a B to conform to the Patriot way. And so after just 11 days and two days before his $5 million bonus was set to pay out signing bonus, Patriots released him. So he made, barely any money just a game check and over the past three months or whatever it has been uh, between the Raiders and Patriots has lost nearly 40 million dollars in guaranteed money and has only made a couple hundred thousand so um, after he was released he went on Twitter and just started flaming everyone I put up a a picture of him with the trainer I don't know if it was one of the women who was accusing him and basically saying Robert Kraft got jerked off at the at the massage parlor in Jupiter, Florida, and said different strokes are different folks. Put up articles referencing Big Ben's sexual assault allegations in the past, and also Shannon Sharp's. So all those posts were removed shortly after. But AB clearly isn't the uh, crafty fox that everybody thought he was. People were suggesting maybe he was just putting on an act so he could get out of the Raiders and go to the Patriots, and then he was going to shape up once he got there. But um, he is who we thought he was the whole time. So um, no teams are going to sign him until after the investigation into those sexual assault allegations clears up by the NFL, which now that he's not on a team, there's not really any urgency to them. So expect AB to miss most if not all of this season um i think he still could play in the nfl maybe next year but no team's going to take a chance on him with that possible suspension looming over him for those sexual assault allegations so 
so long, AB. Um, hopefully you keep flaming everybody on Twitter because it's really enjoyable to read. The next NFL topic going to talk about is there's a youth movement at the quarterback position. I think I touched on it a little bit last week with all the injuries that happened. Uh, there was a stat I saw coming out this week that for the first time in NFL history, there were 20 quarterbacks that started NFL games this week that were age 26 or younger, um, which is incredible, uh, even including the 1987 strike season where uh, they brought in a bunch of scrub players to come. There's never been more young starting QBs in the NFL. Some of that's guys like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson who have been starters for a while now and are established NFL quarterbacks and then going on to guys that are getting their first career starts um Daniel Jones for the Giants looked good against the Bucks looked really good two passing touchdowns two rushing touchdowns brought him back from that 18 point halftime deficit Kyle Allen got the start in place of Cam Newton he looked really good uh, Mason Rudolph for the Steelers did not look good didn't look great um but he's young and he's got the rest of the season because Big Ben is out for the year. Um, and then the next young quarterback that's kind of taken the league by storm is Gardner Minshew for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Came in for Nick Foles after he broke his collarbone in week one. And it's pretty much lit the world on fire. Now his stats aren't the best, but it's his personality. He's rocking the 1970s porn mustache. Um, Stepping off of the plane in what looks like a disco suit. Uh, he's a very interesting man. He's uh, There was a listening to a podcast last week, Pardon My Take, very popular podcast, and they interviewed Gardner Minshew and asked him to tell them the most Gardner Minshew story uh, that he could think of because there had been a lot about him coming out. And he, he did not disappoint. He talked about how when he first got to Eastern Carolina University, he had uh, he was a sophomore, but he was planning on redshirting. He started out at community college, went to Eastern Carolina, and then ended up transferring as a graduate to Washington State his last year, which is where most people know him from. But his first year at Eastern Carolina University, sophomore, sitting behind two senior quarterbacks, thinking, I'm just going to redshirt and then get three years of eligibility. Well, he was talking about how week one, there uh, one of the quarterbacks switched to running back because he was a better fit there, and the the second quarterback in line actually went down before halftime in the game. So he had to go in, go into the game for a half. And the old NCAA rules were if you played, I think two quarters in a college, a col a collegiate football year, then you lost your redshirt eligibility. Uh, now it's you can play up to four games and not lose it but back then if you played pretty much any time at all you lost your redshirt eligibility and so he said he was thinking about how he could regain that extra year of college football he never expected to make it to the nfl um, he's six foot tall he's not the fastest guy not the strongest guy so he just was going to get the most out of the college experience and he came to the conclusion that the only way he could get a red shirt that year after having played was to get medically redshirted for an injury so he went back to his dorm room with a bottle of Jack Daniels and a hammer and he was talking about how he took a pull off the bottle and then one two three 
smashing his throwing hand with a hammer. And he said he's sitting there shaking, but he knew it wasn't broken. So took another swig. One, two, three, pound, pound, pound. Not again, didn't break it. So one last time, big swig of Jack Daniels straight from the bottle. Three more smashes with the hammer and not broken. So he ended up just having a swollen hand, um, losing his year of eligibility because he couldn't break his own hand with a hammer to become uh, medically redshirted. And it just made me think about how that's the kind of dedication that it takes to get to the NFL if you're not a uh, if you're not the most athletically gifted person in the world and it was quite the story to kind of take a peek behind the curtain into his psyche and the kind of player he is so I'm all on the Gardner Minshew train I'm excited to see what he does with the Jags and maybe Nick Foles will have some competition when he comes back I don't know still early in the year Um, And then the last topic is the Dolphins are still god-awful. They lost 31-6 to to the Cowboys. Josh Rosen did get the start in this one, so they're actually trying to get him in there and get him some experience. He has had the roughest start to a uh, collegiate quarterback coming out that I've ever seen, going from the Cardinals last year, who were terrible and tanking all year, to now being on the Dolphins, who are even worse and tanking even harder. Stat line was 18 completions for 39 yards for 200 or 18 of 39 for 200 yards. So not a great day. Didn't get into the end zone. Dolphins 0-16. Here you come. All right, moving on to next section. Going to get right into my freak of the week for last week. And I'm happy to say that Mike Evans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was the freak of the week. He had started out slow to the year. Um, First two weeks, no touchdown catches. Just he was puking on the sidelines week one. And then week two, uh, short rest. It was a Thursday night game. Didn't look great against the Panthers. But he got 10 days of rest in between week two and week three and showed out. Eight catches, 190 yards, three touchdowns. Ended up with 41 fantasy points on the day. So uh, I can go into that game about how the Bucks should have won if they had any sort of competent kicker. Uh, Mike Evans caught a giant. He had three touchdowns in the first half and then caught a big pass to put them in field goal range right at the end of the game, and their kicker shanked it. But Mike Evans showed out. Bucks sucked too. So we'll move on from there and go straight into my studs and duds for week two. These are guys that typically put up the most points uh, for their position in week two and were in the starting lineup in one of the flog teams. Um, There's eight teams. We have quite a bit of spots with two quarterbacks, two running backs, three wide receivers and two flexes and a tight end slot. So a lot of opportunity, a lot of guys to choose from. Uh, So with studs, the quarterback going with this week is Russell Wilson. He threw the ball 32, uh, completed 32 of 50 passes, 406 yards and two touchdowns, and also added 51 yards on seven carries and two rushing touchdowns for a grand total of 43.3 points. That is balling out. Um, Russell Wilson pretty much did it all, and he needed to because the Seahawks got beat by the Saints, and didn't quite get into the game. Uh, I think he got a garbage time touchdown right at the end there. 
But Russell Wilson showed out 400 yards passing and four total touchdowns is definitely having yourself a day. Um, honorable mention there was Daniel Jones. He had also had two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns in his debut. Uh, not quite as many points, not as many yards or rushing yards total, but Daniel Jones was uh, right in line there for stud of the week. Uh, stud running back, got to give it to Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram had 16 carries for 103 yards and three rushing touchdowns against the Chiefs. Also added four catches for 32 yards. He is on my team and ended up getting me 33.5 points. Uh, he was, he balled out. Mark Ingram's looked good this year. He hasn't really gotten more than around that 15, 16 carry mark on the season, but he has 100, over 100 yards rushing in two of the three games and five rushing touchdowns. So I'll take that. Um, he's my second round pick and I've been happy with what I've seen so far. And if he's not carrying the ball 25 times a game, that's fine by me as long as he's being efficient. He's being very efficient this year. And then the stud wide receiver for this week, uh, I talked about Mike Evans as the freak of the week. So the stud goes to Keenan Allen, balled out for the LA Chargers. 13 catches, 183 yards, and two touchdowns. Ended up with 37.1 fantasy points for Marcus Terry's team, the Terry Terrorists. He looked amazing. Uh, Hunter Henry's out for the Chargers, and Phillip Rivers really only has eyes for Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen has proven that he's a very reliable receiver in the NFL. I expect him to have continue having big games the rest of the year. Maybe he won't touch this level of uh, greatness. 183 yards and two touchdowns is pretty hard to top, but Marcus definitely got himself a a good keeper wide receiver with Keenan Allen. And now moving on to the duds of the week. And we got to start with the quarterback Baker Mayfield. 18 of 36, 195 yards, one passing touchdown, one interception, and one carry for negative one yards. Only 10.7 fantasy points, and that is not good for a starting quarterback. Um, that is very poor. Baker has looked just bad. The Browns offensive line is terrible. They can't stop any sort of pass rush. Um, he's And Baker's starting to get really flustered back there. You can see him getting jittery in the pocket, starting to roll out. He only rolls out to his right. I've never seen the dude roll out to his left. So defenses are realizing that. And he's just, uh, he's looking bad. And until they fix that offensive line, I'm not sure if he's going to look much better. He's he's always been known as a quarterback that's able to stand in the pocket and make throws when he was in college. But the NFL, different athletes running at you, bigger defensive linemen, faster defensive linemen. And when your offensive line is basically Swiss cheese, letting them run right through, it's, uh, it's not a good day. So Baker is the dud of the week. And... This may actually be his second dud status. Nope, not quite. Uh, but he's been close. He has 34.1 fantasy points on this season, something like that. And um, Daniel Jones actually had more fantasy points in his one game than Baker has had in three combined. So we'll see if Baker can turn it around. I still really like him as a player, but the stats just aren't there. Um, TC's had him 
on his has him on his team and he actually made a trade for Daniel Jones with uh, Mr. Justin Ruff earlier this week so seems like Baker's going to be resigned to the bench for a while until he can prove himself the dud running back of the week is also a player on uh, the Savage Patch Kids and that is running back Chris Carson Chris Carson 15 carries 53 yards and a fumble this seems to be coming a trend and not an outlier he's fumbled I think in every game this year and then one reception for minus two yards so he ended up with 3.6 fantasy points on the day that is not what you want to see I know TC drafted him in the first round it's not what you want to see from a first round running back Uh, I think Chris Carson is talented but if he keeps coughing up the football Seattle's not going to trust giving it to him and that's really going to hurt his fantasy value so We'll see how it looks going forward, um, but in large part, he is not produced at the level that was expected of him. And I was high on him as well, not blaming TC. I think that was a good pick when we had the draft, but those fumble issues are really hurting his value. Um, some dishonorable mentions, some other duds that uh, were just behind in points. Todd Gurley only had 4.3 fantasy points and Josh Jacobs 4.4. So. Gurley was a keeper for the LeBron Kings, Justin Ruff's team. Uh, Sean McVay came out this week saying he wants to, he needs to get him more involved. We'll see if that happens. Uh, Josh Jacobs kind of been banged up, sick. Uh, 4.4 fantasy points, not good, but he's still young. I think he bounces back. He's shown flashes at time. He's looked good, but he's been a little banged up to start the year, so. We'll see how it looks going forward. And then the dud pass catchers this week, uh, tight end TJ Hawkinson. One reception for one yard, grand total of 0.6 fantasy points. This is the Coon Squad starting tight end. Connor picked him up off the waiver wire after that big week one he had. And he has just looked bad the last two weeks. He, uh, last week, he had one reception for seven yards. Now, this week, he did have three end zone targets. He had a touchdown called back because of an offensive penalty. He dropped some passes. So he's getting opportunities. He's just got to capitalize. Um, but there were a lot of dishonorable mentions for the duds of the week. Calvin Ridley, 1.1 fantasy point. John Ross, 1.2 fantasy points. And then Emmanuel Sanders, who I ended up starting and had I started anyone else, would have ended up beating TC, but that's how it goes. Emmanuel Sanders ended up with two catches for 10 yards, so he got a grand total of two fantasy points. So a lot of dud pass catchers this week. Uh, there was a lot more that were under five fantasy points that were in people's starting lineup, but I don't have time to list all of them. Uh, Moving on to the Best Bench Award, and the Best Bench Award actually goes to this week's high scorer, the Blount Force. His team absolutely went off. I know I've said a lot of negative things about his team. Uh, I didn't like his running backs, but I've been blown away by the production he's gotten out of his quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, and then his wide receivers and seems like all of his wide receivers are producing which is which is what you want in your fantasy league especially if you don't have the 
the top of the line running backs. Now he does have very serviceable running backs. Leonard Fournette hasn't really gotten going, but he hasn't killed him either. He's been solid. And then Derrick Henry has been really good. Derrick Henry got some of the touchdown value, big, big play opportunities. So, but Blount's bench this week, he had Sterling Shepard with, he had seven catches, hundred yards, one touchdown, two point conversion as well. And then two carries for 21 yards. Sterling Shepard got him 23.6 points on his bench. And then LaShawn McCoy was also on his bench. Uh, 54 yards rushing, a touchdown, 26 yards receiving, and another touchdown, 21.5 fantasy points. So, And then also had a couple of young running backs, Alexander Madison, 11.8, and Miles Sanders uh, running back for the Eagles, 11.6 fantasy points. So Blount had a big some big name guys on his bench but he didn't need them in his lineup so he uh even though he gets the best bench award he still got the w high score of the week so congrats to the blount force now we'll go ahead and move on to the next section freak forecast and player hating um, real quick go over some of the projections i had from last week for my freak forecast last week i had mike evans beating his projected 11.3 and as you could tell this week he was my freak of the week he scored 41 fantasy points with that big 190 yards and three touchdowns so nailed that forecast um i think that's the best call i've had so far george kittle was my other freak forecast on the uh high flying hawaiians jake mckinley's team only ended up with six catches for 87 yards. It's a decent day, but with the production he put up last year, Jake is expecting more from him. Projected 11.8 fantasy points. Actual was 8.7. So not terrible, but you definitely, I expected him to have a bigger game, maybe get into the end zone. Didn't happen. And then my player hating from last week, I picked my very own Le'Veon Bell against the Patriots. He was projected 14.6 and ended up with 18 carries for 35 yards, four receptions for 28 yards. So he had 22 touches and only managed to get 63 yards. Um, Projected 14.6, got 8.3. So I correctly predicted that the Patriots were going to shut him down because he's the only thing the Jets have right now until Sam Darnold comes back. My other player hating was Lenny Fournette. projected 14.9 his actual was 12.2 so just under i know blount's not disappointed in that stat line he had 15 carries for 66 yards and six receptions for 26 yards so getting some points there in the receiving game it was the uh jacksonville jaguars against the tennessee titans on thursday night football leonard fournette looked bad he was absolutely shut down for most of that game uh his long carry of the night was 69 yards so one big carry if you notice his longest carry of the night was 69 yards and his total carries for the night were 15 for 66 so if you if uh, he had been tackled say for no gain at the line of scrimmage on that one big carry it would have put him at 15 carries for negative three yards um but doesn't matter fantasy football when that clock's running and there's still time left you can score points and that's what he did so um leonard fournette your time's coming people have figured out that they can focus on you and i don't think he's going to get that big rush every week but he should get some touchdowns he has yet to score a touchdown on the year and so i don't think his fantasy value is 
too depressed, but I don't think it's going to be a top 10 running back at the end of the season. And now moving on to my freak forecast and player hating for this upcoming week. Uh, my forecasting first one is James Conner versus Cincinnati on Monday Night Football. He's had a bad go. Um, I think the Steelers, they're going to be at home. It's primetime game. They really need to feed him because Mason Rudolph is not going to be able to win games with his arms. So I think the Steelers, they have a good offensive line. The Cincinnati Bengals, I think, have the second worst rushing defense in the league. So James Conner's projected 15.2. If he doesn't break out this week, then I think it's time to hit the panic button on James Conner for this year. Uh, my other freak forecast is Derrick Henry for the Titans playing against Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's defense, they just lost Keanu Neal again for the year with an Achilles injury. They're allowing almost 100 rushing yards per game, and Tennessee is going to need to lean on him. He's projected 14 fantasy points. I think he gets more than that. I think he gets into the end zone. Um, when he gets more than 15 touches, he usually produces fantasy-wise, so I expect them to really lean on Derrick Henry against Atlanta. Uh, with the passing game looking pretty shaky to start the year. And then my player hating for the week, first one is Delvin Cook. He has been the, he's the league's leading rusher, looked amazing. He, uh, he's deserved all the praise he's received, big runs, pounding the rock, running hard, good speed. But they are playing in Chicago this week. And Chicago's really going to focus on stopping him and making Kirk Cousins beat them with his arm. Uh, Chicago's defense is awesome. I think that they're going to go all in on stopping Dalvin Cook. We'll see which breaks first, Dalvin Cook or the Chicago defense. He's projected 16.1 this week. I think as long as they keep him out of the end zone, he doesn't hit that. Um, and then my other player, Hayton, is Alvin Kamara versus Dallas uh, with Drew Brees going out loses some of his receiving upside um, Teddy Bridgewater was able to feed him the ball a little bit but Dallas is a good defense um, a lot better than Seattle's and another reason I picked him for player Hayton is because Alvin Kamara is projected 18.9 fantasy points that is a lot of fantasy points I don't think he hits that I know that um Dallas is going to really key on Alvin Kamara. Their linebackers are good in space, uh, Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. So if he's going out for passes in the pass game, they'll be on him. I think that they'll be able to limit some of those big play opportunities for Alvin Kamara. And I don't expect him to hit that 18.9. Um, but I don't expect him to be completely shut down either. You can't shut down Kamara. The guy is superhuman. He's not of this world. And it doesn't seem like anybody can ever tackle him on the first try. So we'll see how it goes uh, when they play Dallas this week. And for the final section, moving on to flog matchups for this week. Last week, I ended up going two and two in my projections. I had Jake getting his first win against Quentin. Quentin's team went off high scorer of the week. You know how that went. I did pr correctly predict that Keegan would hand Connor his first loss of the year. Um, Connor lost Saquon for four to eight weeks with the high ankle sprain. So his team looks a little less intimidating now, now that Saquon's out of that lineup. Um, 
I had also predicted that Justin would beat the Terry Terrorists and Marcus's team did really well. He got got a lot of touchdowns from his uh, position players, which is not usual for his team, um, at least not to begin the year. We'll see if that trend keeps up. So Marcus won that matchup against Justin. And then I also picked TC to beat my team, Juju's in the Attic, and it, uh, it happened. TC's team came out strong. It looked like I had no chance. And then Sunday night, Cooper Cup got two touchdowns, a lot of yards, and I ended up being within five points, 5.2 points. Uh, it was my game of the week, and it was the closest game of the week, uh, which is the third time in a row that I've been in the closest matchup of the week. Um, so TC did come away with the victory. I called that per- uh, correctly. So we'll see how I can go uh, do this week. First matchup is the Blount Force versus the Magic Skull Bus. Both teams are two and one. I've been hating on Blount's team. I got to give him the win this week. Keegan's team has a lot of bad matchups. He loves those NFC North teams. Um, so he's got a couple of Vikings going against Chicago in Chicago. He's got a couple guys at Green Bay. Um, and then he's got some Philly guys. So uh guys going against Philly the Packers and Eagles play on Thursday night and I just think that both of those defenses are decent Chicago's a great defense I think Keegan's team is going to be in for a letdown and Blount's team has proved me wrong every week so I'm going to give him the victory this week and see if he goes uh cannot or crumble under the hype um next game is High Flying Hawaiians 0-3 versus Coon Squad at 2-1 I'm going with my upset of the week and I'm picking Jake and the main reason is Connor lost Saquon, and that really changes his outlook with how hit and miss uh, some of his receivers can be. Now, his receivers could go off and be great, but they are hit and miss, um, and sometimes they don't produce. So I'm going to pick Jake to get his first win this week. The third matchup is the Savage Patch Kids 2-1 and one against the LeBron Kings 0-3. Oh Justin just doesn't have the running backs to keep up with McCaffrey and Kamara. I think TC wins this game. I think he goes to 3-1, and one, and I unfortunately think Justin drops to 0-3. My last matchup is Juju's in the Attic versus Terry Terrorists. I am going to have to give myself the victory here. I don't think Marcus's team is going to do what they did last week. That was a big week. He ended up getting seven touchdowns from his position players, and I think he had a combined five touchdowns in the first two weeks from them so i don't think he lives up to that hype again and i think my team is uh pretty solid so i'm gonna have to give myself the win in that last one and that is it for the commissioner's corner see you next